Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Teleseminar. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years, and each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our seminars as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. The topic for tonight's call is commitment. And first, I would like to introduce your speaker for tonight. We have an amazing guest with us this evening, Mr. Todd Campbell. He began his journey with PSI Seminars in 2000 by attending the PSI Basic Seminar, and then in 2005 he became an instructor for the class. As a direct result of using the tools from the PSI courses, he has started multiple companies, creating the liberty to spend his time having incredible relationships with family and friends and having a phenomenal marriage. He is a very successful businessman, a dynamic speaker, and a true family man. Todd, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good afternoon, Kate. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being on the call. Looking forward to uh, what you have uh, to talk about commitment. Uh, So I'll turn it over to you. Very good. Well, um, you know, I'm just going to start off by saying when I first took on the opportunity to be with you today and we looked at the topic of commitment, um, the first thing I did was take a look at how I'm using that in my own life. And the truth is, I think our commitments can oftentimes shift to match up with what I'm going to say our true course is, our true passions, our true anchors in life. I'm also going to say if we're ever committed to things that aren't in alignment with those things, that's when we'll have this pause, this lack of action, the I'm not sure how to get going on this, I'm in procrastination, I'm not sure what to do to take the first step. And so I think I'm at a unique point to talk about this because, believe it or not, I don't have it all figured out, and I'm getting a little reminder of that in my life right now. And for the last 11 years, I've spent the majority of my time uh, on the road working with people um, feeling very, I'm going to say, excited and grateful for that opportunity I get to work with people with inside seminars, and my wife has been my rock, my anchor. Uh, we were high school sweethearts, uh, been married over two decades, and have three lovely children, uh, all boys. And she has been, I'm going to suggest, the one who was most committed to making our family work. And making it work while she left me the place to pursue and chase my passions. And being very committed to our marriage and what we had chose to agree to or commit to together. And over the last nine months, things have really changed in our lives, uh, mainly with my wife's family's health. She lost her father over the summer. Her mother is uh, now uh, in very poor health uh, with a neurological disorder that there's no coming back from. And in the commitment of our marriage and our partnership being first above and beyond any other commitment that's laid on top of it, we really went back to foundationally deciding we were going to change how things were done. Um, 
I let go of a lot of the traveling that I was doing, um, restructured or got, I'm going to say, in a different form of commitment with what I needed to do to truly be home more, to take a more active role in the day-to-day operations of the house and taking my kids to school and picking them up and being, I'm going to say, the rock of the family now in that she's got a very short window of opportunity to truly spend the time she needs to with her mom and it's, it's closing quick. And so every commitment in our life um, kind of got shaken up, almost like taking a snow globe and shaking it and seeing where all the flakes fell. And so things that I'm just going to suggest we were committed to at a level and taking action on, when we reprioritized and really got straight with where we were in this moment in time right now, and what was the biggest, if you will, commitment above and beyond, and then realigning everything within our lives to, to fit that, that commitment. And so, you know, I was looking at some research for today's call, and as I said, I may be in a unique way to see it right now with truly redoing a lot of the commitments in my life to match with my biggest commitment, which is the support of my wife. And, you know, I looked up in Urban Dictionary, and commitment is what transforms the promise into reality. It is the words that speak boldly of your intentions and the actions which speak louder than the words. It is making the time when there is none, coming through time after time after time, year after year. Commitment is the stuff character is made of, the power to change the face of things. It is the one daily triumph, our integrity over our skepticism. And so I've had a lot of opportunities to learn commitment in my own life. I had to be more committed to the overcoming cancer than I was, if you will, committed to listening to the statistics. I have resounding evidence in my life that when true commitment comes in, and what I'm going to just define commitment by my own words as, is when there is only one acceptable outcome. And if you really think about that and wrap your mind around it, only one acceptable outcome. I think so oftentimes in life we can say it'd be nice if this happened. You know, I'd really like it if that happened. I I would be so happy if it happened. But when there's only one acceptable outcome, it means every focus, every leverage, every action, everything's taken in that direction. And so in really looking at I think everyone will have a slightly different definition of what commitment is, but for lack of a better way to put it, I'm going to say it's when what we're feeling in our heart, what we're in alignment with spiritually, our passions, our emotions, our actions, everything is in alignment and moving towards that. And I think action is the biggest sequence that truly lets us know what we're committed to. The actions, as I said, when I read that definition from Urban Dictionary, it's the actions which speak louder than the words. We can say we want to have a different body, but our eating habits, our dedication to our workout, our, if you will, reforming our habits to line up with the bigger picture, the actions will always speak louder than the words. 
And so if action is such a sequence in really seeing where commitment lies or what we're committed to, I started to ask myself the question, why don't people take action? Why is it that we can say something great, even in a moment of passion, say, you know what, that's the most important thing to me. I'm going to align everything with it, but yet not take action. And so fear comes up as the obvious. But fear will always show up in lack of action. If the fear is greater than the desire to push forward, there'll be something called procrastination that comes in. And so I think so oftentimes procrastination comes from a need for perfection. If I don't have the exact step next, if I don't have it work into my schedule serendipitously, if it's not the easy thing to do, I won't do it. And so oftentimes we look for perfection, everything to line up before we'll take a move, almost as if somebody else, the universe, something else has to want it for us or give us a sign that's going to happen for ourselves more than the faith or belief that will on our own. And so I kind of started, again, to just take a look at what's going on right now. And, and what is commitment as it applies to how can I speak of what is or I am doing versus all of these great, if you will, premises around commitment. And I came up with what I'm going to call the four P's because procrastination and perfection could be the, if you will, two P's that will stop us from taking that committed action. And when I looked at what was really working in my life, uh, reprioritizing so many things at once and staying committed to the course and learning something new and going back to being very humble. And, and you know, I had gotten used to walking into a room where everybody knew who I was and knew my name and a certain amount of, if you will, esteem or elevation to being totally new at what I'm doing and floundering at it and <laughs> even some points asking myself, you know, is it supposed to be this hard? Uh, am I really, you know, on the track here? And at every time I got to those points and continue, even, you know, in a weekly basis right now with everything I'm doing and taking on, to ask those questions of myself, what I've noticed is the four Ps that I'm putting together and literally consciously stopping myself and asking myself what would it look like is, you know, the first one is persistence. No matter what, commitment will always lend you to the passion, but you've got to take the action. One step, uh, I'm reading a book right now called The Slide Edge by Jeff Olson, and it really is about taking one more step when you wouldn't normally do it, that you're more committed to even if it's not going to be this monumental action, in other words, that perfection or it's too big, I'm going to hold off. What could I do? What is the step I can take now? And committing no matter what, to take one more step, even when it's not as easy. So persistence is a big one. Um, the other P I, I started to take a look at was progress. I think if we will actually acknowledge ourselves for the progress we're making, because they would call it something other than commitment if it was going to happen in a day. They would have a different, if you will, explanation or definition of commitment, if it was like the commercial I saw on TV the other night, all you got to do for good health is do one, one push-up. 
And so progress, we've got to celebrate the progress in our lives to stay committed, to have that energy, that excitement versus, if you will, lack of energy. You know, when we just watched the Super Bowl recently, it may not have been my team, I may not have even agreed with the call that, in my opinion, uh, lost the game in the final minute, but, you know, it's ironic to watch them, the way they celebrate progress. Because if it is truly about marching down that field towards the the dream that you want, it doesn't matter if it's a two-yard run and it gained them the first down. Let's take a look at that. Two yards, big deal. But they'll jump up. They'll do the end zone down. At the final ticks of the clock, way to get out of bounds. They're celebrating how someone got out of bounds. It was, a, again, maybe not that mon- monumental interception at the goal line that sealed the game, but every single thing led up to that progress. And so, again, it is about that celebrating the progress, doing the end zone dance, even if it's a, a two-yard gain, if it's really in the last clutch where you would have normally quit. And out of that, I'm going to say energy, out of that self-esteem, self-estimate, self-worth that comes with that of going even when it wasn't easy and then literally celebrating or acknowledging yourself for it, there's a different amount of drive or fortitude in that overdraft account from that point forward. You do that continually. It's an much, much more effective way to stay committed than to constantly look at what you didn't do, how far away you still are from what you want. I think we can self-defeat ourselves. Um, the third P I looked at was pri- prioritization. As I said, really getting in alignment with what is, what are your core values and how does this fit in with it and taking everything and getting it aligned. If you are saying you want things and they're not truly in alignment with what you want, they're really not foundationally core at your being, I'm going to suggest you're starting off from a deficit already. And so when you can prioritize things into your life because they fit into your life, because they go to the bigger total, because you start to put the pieces of the puzzle together, again, I'm going to suggest that commitment is a a byproduct in action at that point. And then the final key that I looked at was power. And we can even call it personal self-power. To close the chicken exits, I'll go back to what I started with as my definition of commitment, and that is only one acceptable option. Only one acceptable outcome. And to start to take the power in that, I get the opportunity to work with so many amazing, phenomenal people that are going through for so many phenomenal goals. And one of the things that is always present is if we can close those chicken exits, if we can proverbially burn the ships and stay really committed, it's because we really step into our personal power, this belief, and start to move forward. And so I may have at this point talked more about opportunity and alignment to even be committed than really what commitment truly is. But if we start to understand, in my opinion, first, it has to be in alignment with you. You really have to be emotionally connected to it, passionate about it, and then bring that commitment to it because it takes all three pieces. And so in moving forward, what is it you would most like to be committed to? And then how could you start to take simple, progressible steps towards it? I think another opportunity we have to 
not operate in our full effectiveness is even when we commit and start to take dedicated action, then how do we stay committed? How do we stay on the path and not lose any traction? And <laughs> I think so many people started out on goals great out the shoots. And then we can fall off. We can start to avoid it. We can start to, if you will, get in our own way. And, you know, I love what Dr. Wayne Dyer says. He says, there's no scarcity of opportunity to make a living at what you love. There's only a scarcity of resolve to make it happen. And so, again, it's really checking into that passion. And why most people find trouble staying committed and adding to it is they try and change everything at once. Uh, Let's say you committed to 100% get in better shape for 2012 and or 2012, that'd be going back a few years, you've been making that same, if you will, declaration every new year since 2012, and you do pretty well out the the flight of the gates. It's because we take on so many changes all at once. I'm going to change everything in my diet. I'm going to change my exercise regimen. I'm going to change my whole schedule so it fits the opportunity for that. I'm going to X, Y, Z, and it's an amazing, if you will, platter of things all at once to add to something you may not have even had in balance to begin with. And so I'll say again, it's it's taking one simple step. It's adding simple habits together. It's it's taking one progressible step at a time rather than trying to change every single thing in your life at once. Change this. Start to integrate this in. Then add another thing on top. Add another thing on top. And out of that, you feel continued momentum versus this, if you will, total disconnect from everything that was already working. I think that's another thing. We forget what's already working with us and for us and how do any new commitments go in alignment with that so we don't lose what's already successful. And so I saw all kinds of, if you will, great quotes out there. The other thing that I saw was there's so many different types of commitment. And when I looked at fear versus commitment, almost everything fell into a dating or relationship realm. And I started to think about that too. And it's what about the commitment that we make first to our spouse, our relationship, our children? As I said, it may be the particular eyes I'm looking at or looking through right now. And the biggest thing I want to, if you will, put out there for people to hopefully find a way to look at in their own particular life and their own particular dreams and see how to gain the power from it is, again, Look at the foundation of your truest commitments, the ones that you know you'd give your life for. For me, it's my wife, my children, my parents. And if you look at the foundation of the base of those strongest commitments, I mean the ones that you would literally live or die for, making sure that any commitment you make on top of those is in alignment, it supports it, it takes that foundation and really enriches it because these things will also be your best support in going when it's not easy. So I know there are some questions that people had. Um, I will be more than happy to start taking those questions, Kat, if you think it's an appropriate time. Absolutely. We have quite a few questions, so uh, let's get going with those. Uh, The first one we have here is from KL, who wants to know, how can I learn to discipline myself so that I go after my dreams instead of procrastinating in fear? Well, um, 
first part is going to be clarity. Um, when you know I hear that, that I go after my dreams, I'm going to suggest that the more clarity you can have on exactly what that looks like, what it is, what's the one item or the one thing that you're going to pick out to really move forward in and throw away the need for perfection in that. Throw away the need for it's got to look a certain way. To get so clear on it, what it is, and then to start to progressively lean into it. And to be okay with, I'm going to suggest, not immediate success. So many times when we take on something new or add something new to our life, again, be kind and gentle with yourself. It's about progress, not perfection. So clarity and progress, definitely going to be the long-term haul. Great. We have another question here from SH. What gets in the way of us staying committed to our commitments? <laughs> well, there's a little bit of a catch in that sentence. Uh, what gets in the way of us staying committed to our commitments? Um, it's when something else becomes more important. It's, it's a simple truth. Now, when I say more important, let me put a little wrap around that and that maybe not more in alignment with your dreams, maybe not even, I'm going to suggest, uh, more in alignment with the person you want to be, but sometimes more in alignment with comfort, with, if you will, the immediate um, takeaway we get. We live in a universe where people can't even seem to wait, you know, time 30 minutes for a baked potato they want that microwave mentality where i got to see it happen now and so i think what gets in the way of if you will what we're really committed to is short-term ease satisfaction we can even call it um that letting ourselves off the hook and so with that being said um you'll always find out what you're truly committed to based on your actions if you're looking at your actions and they're not getting you what you want, if you said you were going to lose 15 pounds uh, in the next, you know, month and a half and really hit the gym every day and you find yourself at the drive-thru ordering a supersized number three, um, it's really time to take a look at it and say, what do I want more, comfort or my dreams? We have another question here from AM. What are some tips to motivate ourselves into committing to something? Beautiful question. Um, motivation, we'll start with that word, motivate. I think that's, uh, again, where we make it harder on ourselves than it needs to be. To stay constantly motivated is almost, if you will, like the proverbial carrot and stick. Um, oftentimes, uh, we'll seek outside people to keep us motivated, whether it's a coach, whether it's a partner at the gym that's going to be there every morning at 6 a.m., because we will tend to show up to our commitments more if we have motivation or someone to motivate us is the most dangerous thing. And so what I'm going to suggest is it's the opportunity to move, remove that word motivate and change it to inspire. Because going back to the very first question we had is when you get very clear on what you want, to use some of the greatest, uh, if you will, manifesting tools that are out there for ourselves, when we can see the visual image of it, going back to screen of the mind, truly seeing the perfect end result, getting emotionally wrapped around it, it'll lend to that, again, only one acceptable way we see it, only one acceptable result, and 
there's an emotional shift that will start to come when you truly believe it at a different level because you can see it, you can believe it. It's a different energy. And when it switches from motivated to inspired, I think we've all felt that shift in ourselves. And I'm going to suggest anytime you felt it, your commitment levels went up, the actions you were taking that were aligned with commitment, it was all of these things. And there was a feeling, a, a change in the alignment emotionally. And I'm going to suggest it happened every time you got so crystal clear that you could see it, you could live it, you could breathe it. There was only one way you chose to see it, feel it, or think about it. And so going back to some of the greatest tools in the basic seminar, definitely the I am, one of the greatest tools to wrap around your commitment and to truly get your I am's in alignment with the commitment it's going to take to be inspired in it, not, again, motivated to it, inspired in it, living it, breathing it. And, again, screen of the mind, one of the most amazing techniques ever developed to truly see it as you want it to be, feel it emotionally that way, only allow that visual image to be in your mind of what you're committed to, and it's an amazing opportunity to line the actions with it to see it as if it will be already. Great. We have another question here from LM. How do you stay committed to a goal when life is pulling you in many directions? <laughs> you mean everybody else's life isn't absolutely perfect. They get the calls from their kids and they get sick at school and their spouse is in a closing. And they, you, you mean this, this actually happens to other people that there's an over- commitment oftentimes in our life that makes it hard to stay committed to any one thing. And so I'm going to suggest there is no easy answer for this, but this is truly where you find out your true character, your true word, if you will, to yourself. Um, I've experienced times in my life where even if it was midnight and I had guaranteed myself I was going to get to my exercise that day, and everything spun out of control. It looked nothing like what it was supposed to. Um, I could get upset. I could shake my fists at the ceiling. I could kick the dirt. And still everything tended to pull all different directions. It was really that final word to myself that even if it's the one thing that didn't get done today, so it goes on the list first priority tomorrow, or if I'm up till midnight, or... It's why I have a tendency to coach uh, from a point of, I'm going to say, action versus results at, at you know, all times to truly look at what is the action I could take even if the result that I wanted didn't happen, that my schedule didn't fall out. And so every time that you show more commitment to yourself and you say, even if i got to do it tomorrow, but I'm not letting myself off the hook, even if i got to pull two of these workouts, if you will, in one day, that you – get back in alignment with that goal, with that commitment, because there will be things in life that pull us off. There will be uh, that derail, that uh, surprise, that, well, that didn't work. How do I start again? And so I think it ultimately comes down to getting back. The only way to get back in alignment with your word, if you find yourself out of it, is to make a new agreement and then to keep that one. And so if you're giving your word to really big things, if this commitment, if this goal is really huge, there will be things that come up that get in the way, that challenge you on it, that uh, derail you, that uh, knock you off your schedule, make you feel you're pulled in a million directions. And so it's 
having that sense of grace for yourself and then getting back in alignment, making a new agreement and now keeping it. Because every time we don't get back in agreement with it or don't, you know, take that, you know, I'm going to do a two a day, whatever it is, it gets a little easier next time to not take that step and a little easier next time to where we find it, if you will, more normal to find an excuse than it is to overcome one. Good. Now, n- next we have a question here. Um, you know, we've got great exercises in the classes that uh, support people in becoming in alignment with what their core values are. Uh, I have a gal here who has not yet done the classes, and her question is, how do you choose one career path to follow when you have many passionate interests? Well, to that I would say it's wonderful to have opportunities. Um Many people don't even know what they're passionate about. If you have multiple passionate interests, I'm going to suggest that, uh, yeah, this is this is what I found out of my experience through psych seminars and not only being an instructor but definitely first doing all the classes is that I'm going to say opportunity to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And it's a unique perspective. Um, most people, when they... They know certain pieces of the puzzle. They uh, may be able to put this corner together, put this bush together, maybe even able to start to see, if you will, the landscape. But it's when you see how all of it fits together, how each individual layer of you as a human being has an expressive nature, has a deeply rooted, if you will, reason to bring beauty to this world, to really start to... I'm going to just suggest know yourself better than you have ever known yourself. That was the opportunity I had in the basic seminar to start that, if you will, peeling away the layers of the onions that had me think that so many different things in my life were compartmentalized and that I was stretched to all the ends of it and couldn't quite figure out how it all fit together. And so I love, first of all, that they come from a point of being passionate and I'm going to suggest that there is a beauty in this. And if you could come to the point where you started to do enough self-realization where you saw that there really was no, if you will, compartmentalization. I love uh, one of the pieces of the anchor, anchoring statement to the uh, leadership seminars in this seminar company um, to create leaders empowered by their wholeness. And... By that, I mean that full expression of us as a human being, owning every single part of it and seeing how it is, if you will, when we put it in alignment, just the greatest, if you will, opportunity. So many pieces of us moving in the same direction as an individual. And so that clarity can only come from you is, if you will, one of the sayings that may sound, um, oh, like I'm letting myself off the hook or to typical answer, but it really is that. And so what I would encourage you to do is to really take a look at what are the areas in you that you truly want to fulfill and to start to define and know those areas. And you might be very shy to see how there might be more of a a laser beam focus that it puts on when you really get down to the root reasons of what pieces of you you want to bring to life and what pieces of you you really want to have nourished and and it'll make it a lot easier to define that path. Perfect. I have another question here from J.S. 
what are some useful strategies to keep your commitment level high when obstacles and challenges arise? Well, um, as far as that goes, there's some great, again, tools that we use in the basic seminar and all levels of the classes that we teach. And so one of the most useful strategies to keep your commitment level high, even when you're seeing obstacles, challenges, um, struggle starts to set in, is to, again, I can't speak highly enough of the tool screen of the mind to really get that implanted image because um, I'm just going to tell a little story that one of my basic students allowed me the, the privilege to share. And it was a gentleman that uh, lived in Portland, Oregon, and he had some of the, if you will, most beautiful mountain biking terrain just outside of his home. And he would take our two-hour rides every evening. He was in phenomenal physical shape. And he had told me for years he had always been avoiding this one hill. It was just so big, so gnarly, so nasty, so overwhelming to look at, much as the obstacles in our life can be, much as when we get that proverbial nose up against the tree and can't see the forest. And so on one of his birthdays, his son had saved up his allowance money, really made a big gesture, and it meant so much to the father, but it was so funny how it played out. It, it, it taught the father such lessons. I think we got a lot to learn from the youth. But the only difference about this mountain biking helmet that he got for his birthday and the one he traditionally wore was the visor on this mountain biking helmet was, uh, let's just say, much more pronounced, stuck out much further. And so he was on his daily ride, very first time out, wearing this newly donned, if you will, helmet from his birthday. And at some point during the ride, the, if you will, terrain started to look a little non-familiar. It, he wasn't, you know, totally cognizant of it, but he started to notice he was somewhere where he'd never been and nothing was looking familiar. So he stopped the bike and he got up and he looked up and where he was, he was about three quarters of the way up this hill that he had avoided for years. And he wasn't feeling winded, he wasn't tired, and he knew he was going to reach the summit. And as he sat there and reflected, how did this happen? What he realized is the only thing that was different is with his visor and it being more pronounced, he could only see small parts of the hill at a time. In other words, he couldn't look at the whole thing as overwhelming. And so when our obstacles come up, when we start to get, if you will, pushed back, if we give any power strength away to those obstacles, what you may notice is they're kind of like gremlins that get fed after dark. They get meaner, nastier, and bigger. And then we start to look at all the reasons why not, and the fear gets bigger. And It's a natural progression that I think we can all say we've been down that tube that contains no cheese, as uh, one of my mentors, Miss Kathy Quinlan Perez, would say. And so taking back into the account of seeing it as you want it to be, even when you're up against obstacles, definitely that and then to look at the small chunk again, what can I do right now? What's one step I could take, even if nothing looks like I want to do, even if my nose is up against it? How can I see the perfect end result, get back engaged with it, and then what's the action I can take out of that new space? What's the, what's the movement? Great. I have another question here from DD. Wants to know how to balance commitments with time to relax and take care of everyday life. Well, that balance is a huge one. And how do we balance our commitments so that we still have time to relax, take care of ourselves? Um, I'm going to 
go back to something I stated a little earlier, and that is that any new commitments that you add, if you are truly going to use that word as it is intended, being committed to it, they have to be in alignment with those foundational commitments you have as a human being. In other words, um, if one of your greatest commitments is that you you want that balance, that harmony, that, if you will, alignment spiritually, I'll call it, or alignment within yourself, and you know that one of the greatest values or one of the greatest commitments you have is that personal time each day, I'm going to suggest that you time block your weeks that way, and if the commitments that you put in are not going to allow that, wouldn't it be fair to say that we already know there's going to be a rub? That we already know that at some point, as we said, you'll find out what you're really committed to, that if the new commitments are not in alignment with your base commitments of who you really are and foundationally what really makes you tick and work, you can be as diligent as you want and you're still going to be setting yourself up in a non-win-win form. And so I'll say again, it's uh, really if you would look at your anchors, your commitments, and what we call the peace of mind square, the, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, or professionally, and spiritually, if any commitments we set are not in alignment with our anchors in those areas to start with, we're not starting from what I'm going to say is a stable, stable platform that we can really rise from. So if balance is that, that piece of your life, where are you truly making that a commitment so much so that you time block, time to schedule it. I know for some people it's yoga. One of my dear friends, he calls it uh, church, and that's getting out on his Harley and blowing, if you will, the wind out of the pipes. But that piece that makes you feel alive or connected to you, if you do not take that forth, it'll never work. So I'll say it again. Make sure that any commitments that you're really going to align yourself with for success are in alignment with your core commitments to you. Great. I have another question here from SK who wants to know, why do I overcommit myself? Well, those uh, can be from a various, uh, various places uh, we can attract those opportunities to overcommit ourselves. Um, oftentimes, if we have a strong need to be liked, um, for some verbiage going back to the basic seminar, if we come from a true supporter behavioral style, oftentimes will overcommit on things that aren't necessarily in alignment with our values, our core, what, where we really want to be going or doing. And so the biggest thing I would say is to start to take a look at that, and this is kind of going to summarize a lot because it's a great question. Why do I overcommit myself? I think we can all get there. And so, first of all, getting back to prioritized of, again, what do I need? What are my core commitments to myself, to my pre-existing obligations as far as my spouse, my, if you will, business, whatever, you know, the other commitments are already? And then to really start to get very clear about what we want that to look like and where we're going. And if you could ask yourself uh, in, in the moment, before you give your word, because your word is the most powerful thing you have, and if you won't, won't first and foremost give it to yourself in your dreams, you won't be able to give it at a true level to anything. But when we give our word, to be able to ask ourselves, before we take this obligation on, before we take this commitment, because I'm just sensing a lot of this is outside of you, 
not things you have to do, but you commit to other people, or rather than to say no for the right reason, we find ourselves saying yes for the wrong reason. And so that is to just ask yourself simply in any new commitment, if you're going to truly bring a new value of your word to all existing commitments, in any new commitment that's about to be added, you could ask yourself these three simple questions. Number one, is this in alignment with truly what I want with my vision? And number two, does it help me, aid me, assist me in getting there or keep me stuck or hold me back from it? And am I truly inspired to do it? And if those aren't in alignment, stop saying yes. It's okay to say no for the right reasons. I think that's uh, one of the biggest things that we could truly, just a simple rule we could use to stay in our commitment is, you know, just to be okay with saying no for the right reason and to start saying yes for the right reasons as well. Next up, we have a question from JD. How do I transform my fears of commitment and failure into motivation to take action? Stop looking into the past. (laughs) Oftentimes, where our biggest fears of commitment and, uh, if you will, uh, fear of failure come is because we continue to look into our past instead of truly defining what we want our future to look look like. Um, Again, I'll say this word motivation. Um, When we're inspired, when you really can see what it can be. The fears uh, around failure oftentimes are so big that they paralyze us. They keep us from moving forward. And so to this individual that asked the question or anybody that the question resonated with, I'd ask you to, you know, really kind of just take a look. How often in your life do you make up a story about things where the story is way, way worse than the actual event? Um, Once we've been once bitten, twice shy, so to speak, we can tend to, without even truly rationally knowing we're doing it, work out the worst case scenario over and over in our mind and not even be able to see it as, again, anything other than that, and the fear will grow. And so if we can use this power to take our past with us, see every situation as, oh, gosh, what if that happens again, and start to visualize it that way, emotionalize it that way, be fearful of even taking action, because what if it turns out poorly again? It's using that same tool we talked about, screening the mind, for a negative purpose. Anytime we ever get afraid of something or are fearful for it and we start to, you know, over give it power and that's the only thing we think about, it's the only way we see it, we're literally using that law of manifestation only to get what we don't want. And so fear is a big thing and it's 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 a true emotion. However, fear is always going to be present when you're going for anything that's more bigger, better, or different than what you already have, that it's outside of that comfort zone. And I am very fearful right now of failing in a different way, of letting my wife down, of not, you know, being everything I can be to put this extra pressure on myself because she has been such an amazing, phenomenal support to me over the last, you know, decade and a half. And, and, and it's allowed me to make all of my dreams come true and realize them. And I don't know that I could ever be that support to her that she's been to me. And so to switch roles at this point, to, to go there, I, I have my own, if you will, things going on. 
But the truth of the matter is what gives me that strength is, again, I'm not going to make up a story that's worse than it could be. I'm going to see it the way I want it to be. I'm really going to commit. And by commit, I mean surrender to giving all of my energy to the way I want it to be, the way I see it being. And out of that purge and and, and giving all that energy, not leaving any left to be consumed by that fire of fear. And I know that sounds great, and it's going to be an individual piece in you you're going to tap into. I think if I could bring one point home, commitment has to be alive in you. It can't be a word. It can't be a definition. It can't be a great quote that you see out there. It has to be really that you get to that point where you say, I want it more than I want failure. I want it more than I want comfort. I want it like I want oxygen. Many people ask me, why don't I have it yet? And I'll tell them, it's because you haven't wanted it bad enough. You haven't been fully committed to it. And so that's a switch that each individual is responsible for turning on in themselves. We can give you knowledge. We can give you tools. But I think when you go ahead and you give yourself permission, permission to be all of you, permission to fail forward, I've heard it said the true definition of success is to go from failure to failure with no, if you were loss of enthusiasm, only a gain in knowledge. It's okay to dream big. It's okay to want it. And I think that's maybe what we all got to give ourselves permission to do again. Because every time we've failed, I think a little piece of us goes, I don't want to feel like that again. I don't want to give that much effort to something again and not have it work out. I don't want to repeat it. And the more I think about it and just answering this question, it's the plague that I see invading out there every day is I can go out and I can ask people on the street, and I do, I'm not shy, what do you want? And there's so many people out there that can tell me, well, you know what, I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want another relationship that fails. I don't want to draw another person like that into my life. I don't want to, you know, give my efforts to this this corporate entity and have them, you know, downsize and just throw me away again. I don't they can tell me more about what they don't want than they can what they're truly committed to making happen. And so dare yourself to dream. Give yourself permission to, in fact, get committed. If we're going to use that word uh, as we have so many times in this talk, get committed to seeing it bigger and and allowing yourself to, to, to feel that, to, to actually you can get emotionally connected to your dreams again. I think commitment is definitely a byproduct of that. But that's the switch you got to give yourself permission to flip. It's okay to care in a big way, to have great passion. Because as long as you align that with action, it'll go somewhere. That actually ties really well into this next question from AJ. AJ. Uh, what tips do you have for getting clear about what you are passionate about and what you should be doing? It's okay to start to also, you know, be okay with the fact that I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that's one of the hardest things for us as adults, uh, maybe I'll just speak for my, that's a hard thing for me as an adult to admit, and maybe uh, I could cut myself some slack on that sometimes, Um Getting clear is asking the right questions. No one else can tell you, but it is about asking the right questions. 
And so one of the questions I might really start asking is, what, what's the difference you want to make? What's the real difference that you want to make? There's a million different things you can do to make a difference. But what do you really want? And how would you start to feel about yourself? And what would your life start to look like as a result of if you were making that difference? Because I think passion really comes from wanting to add to things, wanting to give beauty, wanting to make things better. And so maybe you've really asked yourself that question before, but maybe I'm asking that you might take it as a different depth. What is the difference you want to make? And then what would be the best venue that would align with all of my pre-existing, if you will, commitments, in other words, my core values, and then drop the perfection on it. Go for it. Take a risk. Every single person that is extremely accomplished, every master was at one time a beginner. But to start to do it, that would be the biggest thing, the doing of it. So what's the difference you want to make and how are you going to take it out there would be the two questions I would start to start with. Great. GW wants to know, how do you develop the discipline to keep going once you've decided that you are committed? Hold yourself accountable. One of the best things that you can do is share. Share with the people that you care about what you're doing and why you're doing it and what it means to you. Um, one of the greatest gifts that we have as graduates of Sci Seminars is the arena called Sci Seminars. I know that with the gentlemen and the women that I surrounded myself with in this work, when I tell them what I want, I better be darn sure I want it because we support each other in excellence. And so getting a community around you that really you hold yourself on the hook to differently is a big thing um, in that taking of action. When others are holding us accountable, the other is, how are you going to track your progress? Again, I'll go back to those four keys, persistence, progress, prioritization, and power. If it takes time blocking, I don't know that there is such a thing as time management, because if we or I had time management, like uh, let's say Adam Sandler did in that, that movie where he had the remote control, I'd pause time, I'd extend some time, I'd shorten it, but Time blocking, time effectiveness. If it goes on your schedule, if you're really committed to it and it starts to reflect and you start to literally carve out time for it and put it in your schedule and make it non-revocable, it will happen because if we're not very clear on where we're going, if we, uh, if you will, <laughs> don't make time for it, I think everyone on this call could agree something will creep in to take that time. So accountability with people that truly see you in your greatness, huge one. I reached out to 10 of my MLS and WLS graduates that uh, truly support me in my life and let them know what I was committing to, how I was going to be changing some things up in my life to truly reform that commitment to my life. And I get a call multiple times a week from different people checking in, holding me accountable, and that's a huge thing. But the other thing is truly uh, I made time for it. I made it a priority and I literally scheduled it all in. And then, again, 
held accountability to it and commitment to it. Uh, next, I have KC, who is looking for some tools to see commitment as awesome instead of awful. <laughs> well, I guess I would go back to the old saying, uh, it's not necessarily what you're looking at, it's what you're seeing. And this one I, I get, maybe more than I should. Uh, as a promoter of behavioral style, as uh I like shiny things. I can get distracted easy if it's not fun. Um, commitments can sometimes feel like boundaries or, if you will, fences that go up that, that start to take away from our liberty. That when I commit to something, then I can't be free-flowing, on the go, living in the moment, living in the now. I can't bring the you know, best of my spirit to it. And so with all things, I think it comes down to mindset. And and how we choose to look at it. Um, I can only speak from I. I would uh, be far from or far from perfect at uh, telling you how to put this in action. I, I have extreme faith, you'll know. But it's, again, now that I'm looking at my schedule different, looking at these commitments differently as to literally uh, what, where are they all going? And what is the ultimate end result? And that this is an essential piece. Again, it's celebrating that progress along the way. But I had to relearn how to listen to the way the alarm goes off in my car when the seatbelt's not buckled. From that being that annoying nuisance, please ring that bell out, to that's my wife and my kids telling me they can't wait to see me again safe to that schedule of these commitments being versus, oh, my God, I'm so overwhelmed and I'm so overloaded, to this is awesome because look where I'll be at one month from now with all these things crossed off and with every, if you will, check on that schedule. That is an awesome thing accomplished and celebrating in it. And being more attached to the end outcome than the part of it that might even suck right now in the moment that I'm doing it. And so not to be redundant, but tied to the way bigger. It's not about the task. It's about what is the stepping stone that that creates. What is that, you know, if you will, check off that's one step closer to my goal. Because if we look at anything in the bigger task, or it's only the task that we're in, I don't know anybody that uh, truly loves digging a ditch, but to, if you will, form, if you will, a part of a community that's different. I don't know that anybody that looks at parenting is, boy, I can't wait to change soiled diapers. <laughs> um, so getting beyond the task that you see just now and really holding the bigger picture, the bigger visual of where is it taking me and where am I going, and then to get excited about this is one thing checked off in the list. Not to look at it as, as I said, uh, another task, another overloading time constraint, another what's the value of it, not what's the thing I'm doing right now, what's the value of it as it applies to the greater sum. Uh, definitely focus on the prize, not the pain. So that is all the time we have for questions, uh, though we do have a couple of minutes if you'd like to wrap up the call for us. Well, very good. Well, um, I would just like to thank, uh, first of all, you, Kat, for your commitment to making sure these calls happen because if there's one or two things that anybody that 
gave us their time, listened to this anywhere that they are, one or two things they can gain that they can put into motion, action in their own life, it's so valuable, so, so valuable. And so the last thing I would say about commitment, uh, get clear, really clear. What are you committed to making happen? But to take it outside of that verbiage, because I think so much of the diction we use in the English language these days has gotten overused or overprocessed and lost a lot of its original meaning. And so that word commitment, uh, in other words, as we kind of defined it, only one acceptable outcome. That that's the only way I'll see it, that's the only way I'll feel about it, that's the only way I'm going to take actions is within alignment with that. And if I do stumble and do fall, it's not about giving up, it's not about delaying, it's about getting back in. And again, I only will see it this way, I will only put energy around it this way. If we can practice commitment at that level in our relationships, if we can practice commitment in that level about our self-esteem, our self-worth, and making a difference, I think we can come together even bigger as a community. And so redefine that word commitment for yourself. What is it going to mean for you from this point forward? And how are you going to bring yourself to what you want? Even if it's, as I said, you add one slight edge to it every day, what would it be like to, no matter what, get committed to action on your dreams? and redefine those words for yourself so that there's no chicken exit, there's no back door, there's no detachment, there's no nice verbiage about it. It's an unshaking pillar in your life. And as you start to define it for yourself, take other people with you because that's what it's really about in the end. So thank you so much for your time, and uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to share some feelings, some emotions, things that are going on for me because I even learned a lot as I heard myself answer some of these questions about how I can go back and apply this to my life over the next few weeks to make sure that uh, when I get the opportunity to go out uh, facilitate the basic seminar again here in a few weeks, I am even more of, if you will, an integrous, committed man, really committed to making a difference. So thank you very much. So good. Thank you so much, Todd, for uh, being on the call and sharing with us tonight. You guys take care. And thank you to everyone listening in. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. It's scheduled for Tuesday, March 10th, and the topic is leadership. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psiteleseminars.com. As many of you know, we post live updates during the call on our Facebook page, and we love having your input. Go to facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and share your thoughts. What did you get out of the call, and how are you going to implement this in your life? Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. Thank you, everyone, for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.